0: Your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum here on 88.5 WMNF, Tampa. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, along with members of the 4th Estate Crew, my man Lumumba, Lumumba, I'm call you Lumumba now, <laughs> Patrice, right? yeah. Patrice Lumumba. Mabili, what's up, man? Hey, not too much, just another Sunday. Hey, like, you
1: know, yesterday was Earth Day, right? Yes, it was, yes, and- it was. WNF has a mission calendar, so all throughout the month of April we've been dis- discussing
0: environmental issues. Yes. Yes. And yours truly was had organized a um a an environmental justice health fair. Right. And we did the health fair down in Progress Village. And it was great. It was great. It was it was, it was definitely um, something that you'd be proud of, mm-hmm. right? Um, we had a great, you know, a, a good number of people there. Um, it wasn't, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people or anything like that because there were a lot of different activities taking place. Mm-hmm. But we did have a good amount of the community come out for this very first health fair. That's ever been done there. This environmental justice health fair. and I'm very, very proud of that. that we we had uh, help from different coalition members of the Tampa Bay Disaster Resiliency Initiative. that came in um, to to help out from USF and from uh, um, the what LULAC, which is the um, LULAC is the League of United Latin American Communities. And that was you know David sinclair and and people who came out to uh, uh, to support and to um, learn about the testing techniques for respiratory uh, maladies that can take place because of industrialized operations that are near our frontline communities. And you find out a lot of stories. We got a lot of different stories uh, and uh, information from people, uh, th- just people's narratives that were very, very important for understanding their plight with regard to environmental injustice that takes place in these communities, like Progress Village, like Palm River, um, Waimama and places like that where you have people who, you know, people are in fields, for people who don't know this. There are people that go out there who are migrant workers, man, uh, who work on these farms and they get sprayed with. They still get sprayed with uh, pesticides, hmm. right? And then they're expected to live in conditions where they can't get health care. Yeah, that's right. That's 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 disturbing, man. That's real disturbing. And the, the fact that the fact that that this is not talked about. There's no discussion about this. That's even worse. That's even worse, and I don't understand how it is that we uh, th- that we haven't done more, right? In order to have these discussions, understand the, these plights, and to resolve them by having these types of health fears where we can get data, and that's that's what our goal was: is to teach people how to take the data and use it to defend themselves against these types of uh, these types of uh, actions that that we find uh, are are happening every single day against these folks, hmm. and and it's like, okay, I did a press conference on Friday. On Friday, I did a press conference with regard to the six hundred thirty thousand gallons of of wastewater, sewage water that was dropped into the Hillsborough River <clears throat> back in January of this year. And then it's only March when we find out about it, right? So, By newspaper, mm. and and you know I pointed out the fact that there's a disconnect, right? Not just the, it, it happened because of a disconnect uh, on the part <laughs> of of Tico and the because of non-payment on the part of the apartment buildings, right? But there are lift stations, which lift stations are these stations that are or I uh, call them stations, but tanks, really. They're tanks that hold sewage material. they fecal material, um, all types of sewage stuff that comes out of, um, uh, from, from apartments and, and uh, from commercial buildings, typically. Mm-hmm. And uh, you find them in the parking lots of a Walmart or a parking lot of a of a, uh, an obscure corner of an apartment or apartments. Um, and, and what happens is the... The sewage is stored there and is controlled, right, until it can go into a sewer line and be taken out, right. And it has to be serviced every so often. Now, what happened this time is that this, when Tico turned off the power at this place, they had no idea. They said that there was that there was even a lift station there.
2: Hmm. So
0: what happened was the lift station overflowed and it let out. All this sewage from two different apartments that, that share this particular lift station into the Hillsborough River—it was enough to fill two Olympic-sized pools. Wow. Okay, so that's that's bad. That's that's really bad. Okay, so <clears throat> when we when we look at that, we have to ask the question: uh, How did you not know this? Right. And there, there's enough blame to go around. <laughs> all right. There's enough blame to go around, to be fair, right? So, uh, you know, you have people. The one thing that you find when you read the articles, what you will not find is, number one, the fact that, and I hope everybody's listening to what I'm saying here. You know, I know it's early in the morning, but this is important. (laughs) This is important, man. Yes. You know, uh, when you talk about Earth Day, you got to talk about things like this. That's right. Right? So this is the real. So... It happened in a low-income area. The two apartments, the two apartment buildings, are low-income apartments. Okay, that's mm-hmm. the first thing. The second thing is, it happened upstream mm-hmm. from the dam on the Hillsborough River, where mm-hmm. afterwards is a treatment area. So it was, so it was kind of, it was kind of, kind of, I say, swept under the rug, but kind of, uh, there was a cavalier attitude, it seems, about about the damage that it could have done or could do or uh, and, and the fact that uh, this was sewage, and a lot of it. It was also a cavalier attitude, it seems to me, subsequent to all the discussions. It seems to be a very cavalier attitude about, uh, about the fact that there was never a discussion, of all the discussions that were had, there was never a discussion about how to explain this to the people. All right, Like having... A, <clears throat> I think that Tico had the responsibility of team, either teaming up with somebody, with the city, or, teaming, or, 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 or single-handedly going out to the community and actually saying, hey, listen, this is what's happening, and this is what happened, okay? We take responsibility for not knowing because we should have known, and they should have known, but they don't. And the reason they don't is because they have a very weak, very weak, um uh community inclusion, yeah, huh. community engagement thing. You know, to give people money is one thing. Right. To sponsor something is one thing. That doesn't save that doesn't that doesn't deal with the the energy burdens that they put on people because of the, the rate hikes. And when you have rate hikes like that, you know, w- what happens? You know, you have situations like this right here, right? Um mm-hmm. uh, when you have uh, rate hikes, you have people who lose their houses. Or their or their their um, their apartments, and because once the utilities cut off, you know you get an eviction notice. That's right, right. Uh, so that's a problem, and so uh, the fact that they have uh, you can go to the Lee Davidson and stand there at four o'clock in the morning and wait to get assistance. You can that, only get uh, assistance one a ye- once once a year. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and that's that only goes so far. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with this? When you spend nearly sixty million dollars somewhere somewhere thereabouts to spend to, to spend that much to burn coal, right? Uh <laughs> you can you can you can afford to switch to something that's cleaner. That not only is cleaner but also better economically for everybody. The people you serve. Right. So, you know, how are you the people's utilities, man? And <laughs> you don't know this. How are you the people's utilities and you didn't even set this type of discussion up with the people that it affects the most in the frontline community. Yeah, the people's utility is just a nice a
1: nice slogan. Well how are you in action? How are right. you in practice? Exactly.
0: Exactly. That's that is the disturbing part of the whole thing, right? So we we have to we have to be aware of these types of things, and that's what Earth Day is really about or should be really about. You know, it's nice to talk about the butterflies and the birds and and, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff and let people know, oh, you can get a light bulb and you can put this special light bulb in and save some money, some money. You ain't not save much, but some mm-hmm. money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or You can talk about the new technologies you have and things like that. But let's talk about the fact that you have a microgrid, Tico, and uh, an affluent part of a predominantly white neighborhood in South County outside of your flood zone. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that, that same microgrid was something that you invested in but could have invested that same money into, into a place like like a Progress Village or East Tampa or West Tampa where you have energy burdens and you put those microgrids in and help those people there. How about that? How about that? They're good ideas to me, but they have to be pushed. Yeah, they have to be. They have to be, and and it can't be pushed by doing um, what I call, um, I can't say it on here, (laughs) lighten the butt type of type of. That's what I was. You know what I was about to say, right? (laughs) Lighten the butt type of uh, activities. You know that's that's nice and that's nice and cuddly and friendly and fuzzy and everything else. But the reality is what the people are dealing with down in South County. Reality is what people are dealing with every day right here in East Tampa. Uh, or, or in Orlando, in Orlando, even you know, th- it with with their with their utility issues over there, they're the same type of issues, you know. But you know, these are things that people that people have to deal with every day. This is what Earth Day needs to be about. Earth Day mm-hmm. needs to be about helping these people be able to navigate uh, navigate the waters of, uh, of 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 these injustices that are happening to them every single day. In a world where, uh, where, where you have, where you have industries that are operating and doing things that they know are wrong, that the last administration, for instance, federally allowed to happen, knowing that they were just opening up the floodgates for something, you know, for right. something bad, just so people can make money.
1: Yeah,
0: bingo. I mean, just it's so like
1: who's Ox is being gored when you do things for the for the people. You know, are you engaging in the same old practices because you're still beholden to the same old people and to the same old industries, not the people? So I think that that's going to be the age-old question going, you know, as we continue to look at these issues. One good thing about Earth Day is that we're finding that most people, even though we feel powerless to do much beyond what we can do in terms of recycling and and getting uh, solar panels on the homes. Uh, Most people don't see the crisis, the climate crisis as something far off in the future. They really do see it as something happening right before our very eyes. All you have to do is look at The rising sea levels because of the melting glaciers, you know, you could look at there is no more snow on the top of the old the Mount Kilimanjaro, the old mountaintops, mountaintop snow is is melting, you know, so we see it happening in real time is not in most people's minds, not something that's going to happen far off in the future, but it's happening right now. It's
0: very real for them. It's very real for them. And you know we need to be doing things that are that are educating people about it, right? And responsive, right? I, I, you know, th- I think that what I, I talk about this, I'm going to talk about this because um, right now, because I think that that the realities of this whole thing are squandered on these nice penny anty uh, events that are that that I don't just dumb. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, 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 there it is, folks. I, I, you know, I'm sorry. They are. They're just dumb. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a waste of time. It really is a waste of time. Honestly, Tico sat there. And, I mean, they 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 sponsor some of this stuff, man. You know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who's gonna call them out? Like Super Dave Coleman. My man Super Dave doesn't he he goes out there, and he calls him out about it. Right? And they, they and he he goes out there and he calls him out about it, and then he has to run because they send security after him. You know, <laughs> that's my main man, Super Dave Coleman. You keep doing what you're doing, brother. You know, and then he came down to the health fair. He, but he went up there, literally, he was coming to the health fair. He said, Walk, I'm gonna stop by here and I'm gonna cause some trouble. So I was like, all right. You good know, trouble. Cool. Good trouble. So he goes out there and he holds his sign with the no Tico thing on there and no fossil fuels out there. And he's holding it up in front of the Tico table. And they're like, you know, excuse me, can you, can you leave? And he's like, "Nah, you know, I'm out here like everybody else, you know. Right. But, but <laughs> so even a dramatic gesture
1: yeah, gets there. Yeah. Go, But I think that was a, you know, a good idea. Plus the idea of going and sitting in a meeting where – the public isn't really allowed to speak. So I think it was Coleman that decided <laughs> that we could day. all go away and put zippers
0: on our <laughs> I, 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 mouths. <laughs> that was day. a good idea. Very theatric. Day, that was Dave. <laughs> that was definitely Dave. No question about it. You know, so you know, when we talk about this this stuff, and we talk about solar a lot, but you know, there are preemptions that are out there that are being made to stop us from being able to control the the solar power that we do get. Right? Because we have such a monopoly, that there's, we don't have it, but uh, such monopolies placed on the, what, four, maybe five different power companies that are out there. Um, right. The, the few power companies that are out there that actually hold, uh, have this hold on the power industry. It's not an open market for us.
1: And let's not forget the other capitalist component, and that is the insurance industry that's telling oh, people man. that they will be charged more or be dropped from their insurance if they have a solar power panel on their home. and But fortunately, the technology is such, such that you don't always need a solar power panel. You could buy solar power from someone else right. who's been harvesting it, harnessing it. So that might be a way forward in the very near future is to people who can't afford to put the solar panels on their homes or businesses you know, could start engaging in the subscriptions to buy
0: it from others who are getting it, right? And that's and that is the more um, economically viable option, mm-hmm. but they're not going to allow it to happen for whatever reason. Well, we know whatever reason, you know. But I mean, the use of fossil fuels is uh, the, the is ridiculous, considering the fact. That the cost for fossil fuels. When we say that, we mean gas and the, the extraction of gas and the use of coal. Coal price. All this stuff is going up. It's going up. Yeah. It's costing them more money to burn it. Like I was mentioning, $60 million or so dollars um, is coming out in different reports. That this is what's happening. We can't. We we can't just uh, um, ignore this. It, it makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. But it makes sense to them. Oh yeah. It makes sense to the stockholders. Yeah. Which in May, I'm having a stockholders meeting. Oh, well, I'm not giving up on it now. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving up on it. Because this is what this is what's happening to us, man. I mean, this is what's causing us to not be able to save money, not be able to get over the hump, not even not, you know, it's like you can't you can't dig yourself out of the hole.
1: Yeah, that's the inflationary times as it is. I mean, a lot of people are losing their cars, you know, because the payments are too high because of the interest rates yeah. <laughs> continually going up, making loans more expensive. Yeah. It's all working against those,
0: those who are at the bottom of the economy. That's right. That's right. And they make it harder. They make it harder every single time, brother, every time. So, you know, this is what, this is what, uh, we were doing yesterday as we were talking about these issues of health, of the public health issues that are taking place down in Hillsborough County, and educating people about how they can utilize the data and information about their own health in order to defend themselves against these these types of uh, onslaughts. So, uh, yesterday I think was put, you know, was was definitely uh, used well. Shout out to Victory A.M.E. Church uh, down in Progress Village. And uh Reverend Michael Price this morning who's delivering the, the message this morning at his church there in Progress Village, who's a cancer survivor who attributes his cancer to the the uh industrialized uh operations that are there. Right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of people do. But they have you know, they they're trying to they're trying to get some uh get some traction on these things, but it's hard for them because No one in government thought it was necessary or thinks it's necessary to go out there and do the testing or support testing that can help these people.
1: Yeah, we got a state governor that's in government that has got their minds elsewhere. They're just not caring. I mean, didn't we just, you know, have a big rain event down in South Florida? That's right. And that was way back on April 12th. What's today? The 23rd, yep. and the governor is just now asking the federal government in the Biden administration for to declare Broward County a disaster area. And just now asking for it so that, you know, that declaration would make Broward residents who encourage damage to their homes and other property eligible for a wide range of assistance. But he's just now asking for it. He didn't waste any time going after Disney, You know, for having free speech. You know, he didn't waste, huh?
0: He worried about Disney.
1: Yeah, he worried about that. You know, worried about somebody not doing what he says or not saying things that he wants them to say or not going up against the law that's fascist and he wants to pass. You know, that's just because Disney stood up for its workers and responded to its workers. He has to start a war with him that he's losing, you know, other Republicans oh, yeah. are coming after him he because he's, he's that's not conservatism to go after a big business.
0: They're all laughing at this man. Yeah, he's, he's a
1: joke. But he can't do, he can't keep his mind on what's really happening. He can't govern. He can't govern. Most Republicans, to me, can't govern. You know, you have a legislature sitting up there being his lapdog. And yet, you had this rain event down in South Florida that he's just now responding to. And sending responses to.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Well, it's half past, half past eight in the morning here, this beautiful Sunday morning. And uh, yesterday we had a birthday party for our daughter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shout out to my daughter, Jesenia. Jesenia Yvette. All right. Yeah, she she had a birthday party yesterday, man. Oh, my gosh. And... We partied down. We really partied down big time. So, um, you know, she's a good girl. She's a good girl. She didn't give us any problems. Um, She's gone off to college, come back, got married, two Mm -hmm. kids, um, and and is living her life well. Um, Sounds like the American dream. Oh, man, listen, listen. (laughs) about to go back to school now uh, for a second degree and I'm just really, really proud of him, really proud of him. Both of my kids, little Walt, head off to college, man. All right. Wrapping it up so he can go to college, bro.
3: He's still oh, trying wow.
0: to figure out where he's going to go. Uh, <laughs> still trying to figure out where he wants to go. He wants to be a veterinarian. So you're not standing in front of him with your family? Oh, uh, you or? know I am. <laughs> you know I am, right? Fam, you is definitely number one on his list. Oh, definitely, number one. But he does have a list. He does have a list. Uh, they definitely have a good pre-vet program there at FAMU. And uh, and it's one of the top ones in the state. And, mm-hmm. you you know, he's looking at University of Florida. And uh, because of the veterinary program, obviously. That's so, great. You, you know. know, plus
1: people need to learn how to take care of their dogs. You yeah. know, there's so many dogs that have been abandoned after the pandemic. You know, oh, gosh. It's crazy. You know, people don't. Really keep up with the health, the, vet, the vets, taking them to the vet. You know, dogs develop tumors and get cancer. And you have to stay on top of it. It's not just a time piece up to, of property. You know, you know we, we
0: time up to the gate <laughs> and bring the food out there. Nah, man, we can't be doing that now. Y'all stop doing that too, by the way. We got to stop that stereotype, which actually is very true. We have to stop that. We have to take care of our animals. If we're going to have that's them, right. take care of that's them. That's right. Um, <laughs> my right. sister is one. She. My sister is a uh, an avid animal lover, mm-hmm. big time animal lover. So she has a horse that she that's a um, uh, what do you call them? A rescue horse. A uh-huh. Rescue horse. So she got a horse that was being abused, and she. She takes good care of the boys, really. And, and you know, all the animals love her. All animals love her. <laughs> they don't like me so much. They don't like me so much. All my, <laughs> all my, both my dogs have bitten me. Oh, you be growling at, at so your much. dogs, man.
1: Don't be growling you know, at the dogs. I know, growling at
0: the dogs. Nah, my, mother, my mother-in-law's dog, for whatever reason, uh, loves to go into my closet. And I'm like, what? And, and just stay there. I'm like, what, what are you doing? Uh. So the other day, I was reaching in to get her, and she snapped at me. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute now. Oh, wait, wait, wait." You must have interrupted something. I guess so. You know, (laughs) happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was, uh, so she decided she was going to snap at me. And I told her, I'll tell you what, I'll take your little butt out there and let one of them raptors eat your behind. One of those, uh, you know, she's a, what is it, uh chihuahua? A chihuahua. Let her leave <laughs> outside. The raptor, die, you know, when she goes outside, we have to stay out there with her. When she, when my mother-in-law comes to visit, we have to go out there and we have to stay out there with her as she does her little thing outside, right? Mm-hmm. And make sure the raptors don't grab her. Because they sit there in the tree. I can see them. You can see them. <laughs> On top of the house, the neighbor's house, you can see them watching in the distance. Yeah. And if you don't stand out there with them, they will fly off with your dog or your that's cat crazy. or whatever. Yeah, they'll, they'll do it. They will do it. Nice little tasty morsels, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that <I> will. <laughs> that's, that's for real, for real. But, no, listen, man, um, again, you know, this morning we, we were talking about all these things about, about uh, industrial operations and environment and the uh, the fact that this was Earth Day this past weekend. So as I was researching some things, I just I'm always researching something, you know, and trying to make sure that we're ready for the show. Mm-hmm. And I had something in mind for the week, but then I, I started researching, and I, I listened to this speech, uh, several speeches by, uh, by members of the African Union um, and members of well people who are individuals who are from the continent of Africa, who are talking about the issue of <clears throat> of colonization, neocolonialism, uh, and imperialism, and the the concept the various concepts of why it is that that Africans, first of all, have not been able to govern themselves appropriately. That is the that is the critique. That's been made, right? Is that on the continent, uh, these African nations are not governing themselves appropriately. The reason they're saying this is because that they have allowed Europeans uh, and, in this case, now China, to come in and to colonize, continuously to continue to colonize these nations. Well, they divided Africans
1: enough. I don't know if it, you could use the word allowed, but I mean colonization followed slavery, and this was a this was a over a four hundred five hundred year attack on right. the continent.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No yes. question uh, about it.
1: Colonization okay. of the mind was a byproduct, but I, I do believe you're talking. You you mentioned someone named P. L. O. Lomumba, Patrick Locke Otieno. Lumumba, mm-hmm. and not many of us have heard of him before, but he is a Kenyan who served as the director of the Kenyan Anti-Corruption Commission from September of 2010 to August of 2011, and since 2014, he's been the director of the Kenyan School of Law. So he's a pretty knowledgeable person about the continent. <laughs> very
0: heavy, very heavy. He has been, he and Dr. Ericana Quo Dr. Quo was one of the ambassadors for the African Union to America, mm-hmm. and her intent and, and she is very, she's been very intentional and very outspoken about the issue of making certain both of them have been uh, about the issue of making certain that, first of all, Africans come back to Africa to, uh, to uh, assist. Right, to give back to their countries, to the nations. Mm-hmm. The reason is that when, when they look at at the types of issues that are taking place, the illnesses, uh, the types of uh, public health issues that, that that they face, the the lack of doctors is one of the biggest issues that are faced. There are a large number. Of Nigerians, for instance, this is this has been a discussion that's been constant. There's been a, there are a large number of Nigerians, for instance, that that are not in Nigeria; they are here in America, right? Um, there are large number of people who are in these professions that are not giving back to the to the nation. They feel, and because of that, uh, we see a we see the illnesses. We see the economic disparities. Mm-hmm. We see we, we don't see the type of production that should be happening in the countries. As a matter of fact, that's one of the issue, one of the arguments from P.L.O. Lumumba. Uh, Doctor Lumumba has been saying that what we are seeing and have seen over the centuries is a extraction of resources from the continent to the European nations and now to China uh, and to and and the production takes place there and when the items are produced they are then sold back to the African nations right that they got they extracted the minerals from or extracted the resources from in the first place so recently we've seen, People who are heads of state that are now taking over, like in Ghana, for instance, they now are taking a stand and they are saying, "Okay, we're now we're not going to. When they were talking to Switzerland recently, uh, they have said that they are no longer going to allow people to take the cocoa from Ghana to produce it in their countries. From now on, what they're going to do is they're going to produce the chocolate in ghana mm-hmm. all right and you can buy it like that from them <clears throat> and i think that personally i think that's exactly what needs to be done that's exactly what needs to be done if the coltan that that's being extracted in the congo region for cell phones if the coltan is is being extracted uh in in ways that not if but they are it is being extracted from there and it's being extracted there in ways that are not environmentally uh, good. They're bad. In fact, they, they also have human rights violations that are off the charts. Why? Uh, last year I gave this number. It was somewhere around 15,000, 15,000 children were seen and have, seen, have, been, have been a part of the mining operations there in the Congo. Now, that number has probably risen since then. Who knows? But the point is, is that the point is, is that that type of activity can't continue to happen. You cannot continue to do that type of thing uh, because it is, it is certainly uh, reminiscent of the of the type of activity that took place under King Leopold, okay. And it continues to this day. So we have to encourage. And, and But we have to discourage that type of activity and encourage the, the proper mining, number one, and encourage the proper use of and production of those materials right there in those countries. So, you know, that will help the economic viability of those countries. So you don't have to go into BRICS, which we've already analyzed once. I just think BRICS is... is is a distraction. I think BRICS is not going to happen. I think uh, well, and, and already we see we see signs that that's going that that's going to be the case. It is just going to dissolve. One of the re- the reasons you see that is because of the internal conflicts that you're seeing in the Republic of South Africa alone, Man. dealing with the issue of its economic status and its economics. Who's going to control its economics number one? Because South Africa has three economic e- uh, economies. The Dutch, the British, and the South African economy; those economies cannot, cannot, um, cannot withstand. You can't, you can't go into something like BRICS and have three different economies and expect that you're going to be successful. All right, but it's, it's particularly become just a new tool for neo-colonialism
1: because they, South Africa, almost feels obligated to work with other BRICS nations, even when they're wrong, such as it is been forced by Russia to allow use of its land for testing uh, for military drills. So that's not good. You know, I'm sure if South Africa really had a choice, they wouldn't be so in the pocket of the Russians mm-hmm. in this particular moment. But uh, they're, they're not free to take sides. I guess they are not free not to take sides. They have to cooperate with this other BRIC nation. So in that sense, it's uh it's a sort of neocolonialism as far as I'm concerned. There's no sort of it is. <laughs> but there we are watching it. we are watching another uh neocolonial activity take place and that is in the Sudan, where you have these two military oh factions fighting one another, which is uh something that has happened after colonial rule. You know, now you have these two military factions not wanting to hand over power to the people,
0: you know warlords. Back at the warlord thing again, yeah. right? Right. That is something that 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 has to end. That has to end. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, you know, the culprit. The culprit in this. A lot of times they talk about the United States as the culprit, right? Which mm-hmm. it is. It's involved. It's definitely been involved in just about every single one of these conflicts in one way or another, right? But when we talk about that issue, then we have to keep in mind what we were talking about a little earlier, which was the Kissinger Report. Let's Mm -hmm. go back to the Kissinger Report. So when we talk colonialism, we talk about production, we talk about the use of resources on the continent. Uh, and, And for those of us who are here in America, black folks in America, please do not think that you are devoid of this conversation. Please don't think that you are not a part of this conversation because you are. This has everything to do with you. Why? Because we have to start thinking outside the box. We have to start thinking globally. We have to start thinking about how we can work together. That's what pan-Africanism is all about. That's what it's all about, is being able to take all of our resources from here, from the Caribbean, from Brazil, South America, um, wherever we are in the world, and be able to put it together in order to strengthen our motherland. This was this is what we have to start doing, and not just strengthen our motherland because by strengthening your motherland, you're strengthening yourselves. We're strengthening ourselves every time we do this type of thing, and so we have to be aware of how to do it, and and why we do it, and you have to be aware of what is happening on and off the continent. So it, because because how you. Do business here in your own community can be a template for how you do business anywhere else. So let's look at this Kissinger report. The Kissinger report was a report that was done by Henry Kissinger, um, who was the secretary of state under uh, under Jimmy Carter's administration. But he wrote this report on, on, on Africa, and that report talks about the reduction of the African population explicitly talks about the reduction of the African population for the purposes of keeping Africans, just like everybody else was saying this, keeping Africans incapable of being able to produce the raw materials that it, had, that it has and from being able to govern appropriately. And so that is a very very damning report right especially when we look at at these these issues and it's no different from any of the other reports that are out there or have have been right I mean hell I don't even think I don't even matter of fact the United States wasn't even involved uh, from what I recall uh in the Berlin discussion in the 1840s uh when they were when were discussing the issue of splitting up Africa mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was purely European nations at right. that particular point. The United States was we were too
1: supposed to be explicitly against holding colonies. Right, <laughs> right, right. The Unless it was close by, you know, to keep Europe hands off closer nations such as Haiti and Cuba and in the Western that's, Hemisphere. That's right. That's right. The
0: Monroe Doctrine. Yeah. So, so when we talk about these issues, uh we can ill afford to ignore these facts and these discussions. Um, because as we look at the chambers of commerce that are that emerging, are uh, the black chambers of commerce that, that are emerging in different cities, some are more successful than others. Uh, and you have people who, are, who seem to be in competition with each other. And there's there should be no competition amongst chambers, especially black chambers. There should be no competition there. There should be people, chambers working together in order to make sure that we have the same type of opportunities uh, here domestically and abroad. And so we have a unique opportunity now to be able to do this. And but we cannot do it successfully if we're going to be if we're going to be uh, creating chambers for the purposes of of some sort of ridiculous notoriety, as opposed to doing what needs to be done to encourage and strengthen the business world within our own community, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, pretty uh, pretty much the same. I think that yeah,
1: we have to have some engagement on the continent. And um I, I would like to go ahead and listen to what Lumumba had to say to Africans. Well let's do. It. There's um he just a few minutes of of uh from Africa Web TV uh called five times PLO Lumumba told Africans the bitter truth.
0: <laughs> it is, it's a very bitter truth, by the way. Nobody wants to hear it. But it's the truth. It is is the answer to this truth. So let's hear P.L.O. Lumumba right now. Here on the Sunday Forum.
3: Ali Mazrui says passionately and eloquently at once that Africa is the only continent on earth that consumes that which she does not produce and produces that which she does not consume. (laughs) And he says curiously, we are the only continent on earth that is still referred to in the following derogatory terms Anglophone Africa, Francophone Africa, Lusophone Africa and those who are generous even refer to some part of Africa as a, a Arabophone Africa He says they do not say that of Latin America, they do not say that of Asia and if you doubt Ali Mazrui, there is now a war that is going on in the Cameroons and is characterized as a war between the Francophones and the Anglophones. But if you go to the so-called Anglophone area, no more than 5% can speak eloquent French. <laughs> Yet there are many ethnicities in that part of the world, and I'm submitting to us that this is important because it demonstrates that there is something in our minds that we have yet to liberate ourselves, we have yet to decolonize our mind, which Ngugi Thiong'o says is the prerequisite to our total liberation so that we can engage with the world meaningfully. When God is upstairs, and is looking down upon His earth, and is looking at His children, for must hold his children said, these children that I put in Africa, what happened? <laughs> you foolish... Europe tells us many useful things, but there are certainly useless things that they tell us. One of them is the thing called per capita income that they take all the wealth, half of which is owned by two people, and then they divide it and say, the per capita income is $800. And meanwhile, all other people are suffering. (laughs) I'm submitting to us that time has come that we must define what development is. I want to go to a typical Rwandese village, and beyond peace, beyond the absence of war, I want to see peace at the dinner table. I want to see peace at the hospital and the dispensary. And I'm suggesting to us that politics defines all these. There is no one-size-fits-all. What works for Rwanda is not necessarily what works for Uganda. In 1984, the Ethiopians came up with a constitution which I think is the only one in the world. That, allowed, that defines itself on the basis of ethnic identity and even allows the ethnicities to secede under certain conditions. Whether it has worked or not, I think the jury is still out. But they recognize the fact that ethnicities are real. And if we continue to delude ourselves in Africa that ethnicities are unreal, we are cheating ourselves. Even the United States of America nowadays, when you hear them talking about the vote, they, they talk about the Hispanic vote. They talk about the black vote. They talk about the Caucasian vote. They are beginning to recognize that those blocks are critical. How then do you use them in a manner that is positive? Because... Look at the Democratic Republic of Congo with over 233 ethnicities. Look at Nigeria with over 200 languages. Look at Kenya with over 56. Look at Tanzania with 136 plus. These are the realities in the African nation. went to South Korea, and he said he was a maid. He was a PhD holder, and he had gone on these typical visits that Africans are fond of (laughs) (laughs) doing. So he went there into a polytechnic and was talking to a young South Korean who was in an agricultural institute and he produced a little equipment that he had just, he was working on for purposes of improving agriculture in rural South Korea. And he asked him, you have PhD? what have you produced? What have you produced? Because you have a PhD in agricultural engineering. What have you produced? And I'm saying that you who are the intellectuals in the making, you must now begin to ask whether Africa is capable of feeding herself. And there is evidence that Africa is capable of feeding herself. As a young student in the 1980s, before Mugabe and his acolytes messed up in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe was called the breadbasket of Southern Africa. Wherever you heard that somebody was going to Harare, the first thing you asked them, buy me a shirt, because they produce they had a thriving textile industry. As I speak to you now, there is ninety percent unemployment in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe has no currency. Zimbabwe is tottering along because we did not allow people with the knowledge to play a critical role in the process of re-energization and reinvigoration of Zimbabwe. One, now one African government minister owns more than his entire village. And the tragedy is that that minister still goes to church on Sunday and Leadership. We have seen in Dubai, in the middle of a desert, each one of us who is a middle class, yeah, we have gone to Dubai or your dream really is that you go to Dubai or Abu Dhabi or Doha in Qatar. When you are leaving Vinho to go to Europe and other places, you will take Qatar airline, every hard airline on the enemy. This the other countries that are demanded. Why are they doing so well?
0: Yeah, all yeah, telling the truth. A bitter truth, a, a bitter truth, man. That's a that's more than a bitter truth. That man was telling <laughs> the absolute truth, man. That, let me tell you something. We gotta have to hear more from him. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, we are back here on the Sunday forum. That was the sound of uh PLO Lumumba lamumba Dr PLO Lumumba. this this guy is tough man tough and he's telling some real truths with regard to yeah. with regard to uh colonization uh, and capitalism and how this is happening to us it's something that is not just happening in Africa it's happening to us right here in America in our own communities. And so, when we have our organizations like our CRAs and so forth, those organizations continue to make the mistake of allowing people who are not from those communities to make decisions for them and to influence them in ways that that, that uh, when they do make decisions, they're not really in the best interest of the community.
2: Yeah.
0: Not really. So... Um, I'm going to—let's let's, let's go—well, uh, shoot, we got to get ready for the— Yeah, the after the news Carlos. break. Man, listen, let me tell you, man, we, we have a show for you today.